Hello, everyone. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Spooky Spouses. My name is Jordan Reed. I'm Lindsay Reed. And we are married together to each other, one another. And we, this is a podcast about ghosts and other things. We talk about a lot of things, like urban legends. Krang from the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> well, he is kind of spooky. Wait, it's weird. I'll give you that one. Do you um, see Krang as the body or the brain in the stomach? The brain. That's Krang? Yeah. What else do we talk about, really? <laughs> Cryptozoology. We do talk about that. We also talk about... Uh, aliens? Aliens, yes. You love aliens. I do love aliens. We talk about aliens and we also talk about the Monstars from Space Jam. <laughs> I don't really remember Space Jam a lot. There like, a I get it, but I... I was never a big space jammer, I guess. It was all about believing in yourself, but only on the premise of taking something that ended up being a placebo. See, I just knew Bill Murray was in it, and that's all the reason I liked it. Bill Murray was in it. The man from Jurassic Park, I believe, was in it, who was fixing the divot. I See, I was never a big Jurassic Parker either. Whoa. Like, okay, I know who else? that Jeff Goldblum is in Jurassic Park. He is in Jurassic Park. Basically, my childhood and teenage years were just what dude was in what movie, and if I liked it because that dude was in a movie. Edward Norton, Bill Murray, Paul Rudd, Jeff Goldblum for you. Yeah. And Zach Efron. Used to be Kevin Spacey, but... Used to be. Sorry, Kevin, you got moved off the list. You got you to gotta dig yourself out of that ditch. But I think you still have a few very powerful dudes, very safe, very nice dudes on the list. Jeff Goldblum. Paul I, Rudd. Paul Rudd. Steve Martin. Steve Martin. I'll always love Steve Martin. So will I. He's so funny. Well, I think that'll do it for us, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our Steve Martin fan cast, and we'll see you next week. Do you know the, the outro music? Uh, it's something similar to like probably Seinfeld, but just <laughs> and it slows down and it goes down. the 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 pitch slides down very far. Yeah. Well, each week <laughs> we bring in a spooky topic that we have not yet shared with each other, so we're listening with you for the first time as well. Can I tell you really quick? Mine's gonna scare the crap out of you. <laughs> Can you please say poop and not crap? <laughs> what a fun request. Can you please say doo-doo and not crap? Thanks. <laughs> crap is a little scary. <laughs> well, I'm excited to hear it. Hey, you know, really quick, what I'm excited about, Oscars. The Oscars are happening tonight. Now, I understand that there's, well, okay, so we're recording this on a Sunday night, so the Oscars will have already have happened. Just like what happened to us, we got in the whole Super Bowl pickle. I don't know much about the Oscars, but what I do know, because there's not really much spooky stuff going on at the Oscars, but guess who's going to the there Oscars? Might be, Maybe but yeah. like just Hollywood's haunted in general. Just Hollywood people being weirdos. We're all ghosts, man. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Traveling from here to there. Guess, I'll give you one guess. Doug and, Jones? Well, no, let me ask my question first. Oh. Okay. Uh, okay, rewind. Yes, well, from the yes. I'll give you one guess who's going to the Oscars not as a plus one. Doug Jones. Our sweet boy, Doug Our Jones. Our sweet little Yay! pale man, monster man. And our buddy Eli, who wrote the theme music uh, that you just heard, sent us a little video that profiles Doug Jones. He's saying, I've been on TV and movies and stuff for years, but you probably don't know who I am. It's me, Doug. And then he talks. Well, Doug, we know who you are, and we love you. We do a lot. You're so nice. And uh, Doug Jones is going to be wearing, according to Twitter, some Giorgio Armani. Ooh, not that Gucci Mane. He's not wearing Gucci Mane. He's wearing <laughs> Armani. How fancy. When How I, scary. Armani is a spooky name. I would not. Uh, Armani sounds like an old castle or an estate in which you'd go to to um, do some ghost hunting. Yeah. The Armani Estate, the, Armani um, Castle. The Armani Castle. When I hear certain names like that, don't worry. I'll get in. I'll get into scaring the 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 doo doo out of you. Um, <laughs> but before I do, whenever I hear names of large fashion companies, how it's usually just the one name for the most part, I always hear them whispered. Do you, Gucci? I guess. I think that's just because you see those commercials of like 
what Matthew McConaughey selling perfume. And it's always whispered. Yeah. Like any of the high fashion, bougie clothing brands, all the commercials make zero sense. Are they supposed to? Are they supposed to not make no sense? I think it's supposed to be like a luxurious thing. But then that implies that living a world of luxury is just totally confusing and totally bat bat poop crazy. Well, it could be. I don't know. That's a whole whole other podcast. (laughs) Just uh, thinking or what? Sort of thinking about what it's like to be extremely wealthy. (laughs) Yeah. So you have one of each episode. Today we're going to be talking about... Uh, having a chef on your at your house who only makes you peanut butter, like you have a very specialized chef for each certain job, having disposable income. Then you just talk about what that would be like. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of creepy haunted castles, like I was a little bit ago, I have my first topic. Oh, it has to do with castles. Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it has to do with actual ghost hunting. Now, I believe yeah. it was one of our first episodes, I was talking about proper, or like, the most often used ghost hunting equipment. Right. So, we've talked about ghost hunting equipment. We've talked about how to get ghosts out of your house. You find the spirit guide, you smudge, you do the salt around your house or whatever. You know Use you need... Use your equipment. Yeah, you need a spirit box of EVP Modulus 28 with the USB adapters. Wasn't one of them just ask it to leave? Yes. <laughs> Fine, but... Still probably my favorite advice of any ghost problem that you might have. Like, maybe if the Ghostbusters just did that in the beginning... Get out of here. Just ask them to leave. Oh, go on, get. <laughs> I don't know if that would work. Do you think it would work? I mean, maybe. Yeah. Well, I guess it would work until the ghost comes back. Because they're probably on their way out. And they're like, wait, they didn't even do anything threatening at all. They just asked me to leave. And they I'll just go- come back. I'm going to go back there. Because yeah. all that's going to happen is they're going to go, come on, please go. I'm well, in Beetlejuice, they kind of asked the ghosts to leave, and they did. What? Yeah. Lydia, like, halfway through the movie was just mad at them, and she was like, leave me alone. <laughs> and she went in her room and closed the door, and they were bummed out. And they were like, oh, we upset our, our real life human. Because we stretched our faces all silly. Because we were trying to scare her to get her out, but really we love her. That'd be so cool to, like, be in pretty tight with a couple ghosts. Yeah. Well, anyways. Well, yeah. <laughs> so. Your topic has to do with. Ghost hunting. Ghost hunting. But I've searched up and I and I compiled a list from a few different sites of the most common mistakes that ghost hunters make. What These are your do nots or your boo nots. Boo nots. For hunting ghosts. I titled my list the boo nots. Of ghost hunting or paranormal investigation. Okay. Because you walk in, you got all your equipment, you think you're ready to roll, right? Yeah. I don't think so. Not so fast, partner. <laughs> Do you have to have like a certain outfit? Well, I didn't write that one down, but can you think of what your favorite outfit would like be for it? a do. Maybe something oh, comfortable. A, a do? Like a hairdo? No, like a like a, like for a do or a do not. Like oh, a, a do. do list Got it. Would be like, oh, wear something comfortable to move around. Maybe you need to jump and you know do this crazy stuff to get away from ghosts. Or you know maybe don't be too flashy. But like, don't is like <laughs> being a little too flashy. Or maybe like wearing an affliction T-shirt is like a do not. Don't wear like your new white sneaks because most likely it's going to be in a dirty place. You might scuff yeah. your sneaks. Where well, I, I I do like the idea of only wearing black. I like that idea because that also kind of puts you in the mood. It's like if you want to drive fast, you get a you get a red car. If you want to hunt ghosts, <laughs> you get you wear all black clothes. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Well, let's hear your list of uh. There a list of don'ts when a list ghost of hunting. Don'ts. A list of boo nots okay. or do nots. Thinking no knowledge or expertise is required. Now, this one I understand to a certain extent, but the website from where I pulled this information, it kind of goes a little bit too far. But this is basically implying thinking you can just go into any haunted building or cemetery or anywhere and go, I got this, without any expertise or any uh, previous knowledge of how to, I guess, approach this situation or how to garner the best results from these ghosts and stuff like that. So I think it's sort of just saying like, you need to practice before you do it. Practice before you preach. Practice before you preach at the ghosts. Yeah. 
I mean, so let me study before you scare. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys can't see it because this is an audio thing, but Lindsay moved her hand really cool. And it was like a small, <laughs> like a few mini karate chops. Just letting you know. I just wanted you to really feel the study before you scare. I did. You almost chopped my head off. That's what's scary about it. Uh, one scary thing, I just tried to unlock my phone and my screen went black and it just said, couldn't recognize your voice. And that's all it said. <laughs> that's really weird. Either way, do you agree with that one or do you not agree with that one? That you, not necessarily saying that you cannot investigate unless you've done some research as to how to investigate but saying that you need to have a certain baseline of knowledge in certain subjects to go investigate. Well, yeah. I mean, I think anybody can go investigate. I yeah. mean, I never want to deter anyone from trying to no. reach out to the supernatural world. But And neither do I. But I think that, yeah, I think you need to know a little bit about what you're doing if you want to get the results that you're <clears throat> expecting. Now, what sort of things would you feel would be important to know going in? Probably, well, if you have equipment, probably knowing how to use it properly. That's a good one. Yes, absolutely. Knowing how to turn on your R.L. Stein 360 uh, <laughs> and to set it to manipulate mode with the frequency realms. And your, uh, it's just an algorithm. Yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So the list I pulled this from says required knowledge in forensics critical thinking which many people can think critically logic in general which i think we kind of have that well that's like 80 percent no of the population yeah there's no stairs in the stairwell maybe we'll try to climb up this oops there's no stairs though <laughs> psychology okay i don't know about that one science i guess and then just general knowledge in investigating well, and I think it's good to know the backstory of that place you're investigating. That's also on my list for, well, I'll just skip to that one right now, actually. Okay. Focusing a do not, a boo not, number two, focusing too much on the history of the location instead of all of the happenings that have been happening recently, all of the paranormal things that have been going on recently, or like the, the trends in spook stuff within that certain location. So you're basically saying don't dwell too much on the background story because it kind of could like screw with your results that you get. And that kind of like like ghost hunters do and ghost adventurers do a lot is they know a backstory and then every little thing that they hear, they relate it back to that story. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, it's, it's... I can get behind that. Focusing way too much on the history of a specific location and thinking, okay, so this guy got his head chopped off by a badger. Weird, crazy. This badger was really good with knives and stuff. <laughs> I was going to ask, what did he do it with? Like oh, one of knives, those human knives. Big, what are those choppies, the head choppies? Oh, a guillotine? Yeah. Sorry, a guillotine? <laughs> he made like... He was a beaver. Uh, bad. Did I say badger or beaver? Oh, I think you might have said badger. Let's just say badger. I was going to say if it was a beaver, then that would make sense because they're like good at building dams and yeah. stuff like that. So. Well, good at building darns. Thank you very much. <laughs> but I think that, yeah, it can it can sort of negatively influence what, not negatively, like in a, not negatively in a bad way, but I think it can sort of put all these thoughts in your head as to what's happening and then you're always relating it back towards the actual history of the building the guy got his I head chopped off that. by a badger yeah and i and i and i think it's a valid point guy gets his head chopped off by a badger and then every noise oh we think we heard the badger scampering around oh these obvious these noises have to be from a badger say you get an evp that's a class three where you know that there's sound but it's hard to delineate or differentiate it between something else and then maybe because you're focusing too much on the history, you might think, oh, this is just a badger. This is obviously class A EVP. We caught a badger today, right now, and it's the 4th of July. So it would <clears throat> honestly be pretty smart not to know the history of the place you're investigating until maybe the end of your investigation. I mean, I wouldn't see why not. I mean, it, it, it definitely couldn't hurt, you know? Because how much creepier would it be if you didn't know anything about this badger killing and at the end, you like were like, yeah, I, we heard all this weird like badger noises, and <laughs> we even heard a man say the badger did it. Then it would make more sense, and it would be creepier. 
Because you would essentially Because then you'd be like, Oh, that's what happened here. Yeah, you would you would be able to corroborate your own story. Hmm. Never thought about it that way. Yeah, and neither did I. And I think that's a good point. So I'm I kind of agree with the first point. I mean, you don't necessarily need to have an expertise or a bunch of knowledge in forensics to go investigate, but I mean, would it hurt? No. But this one I think yeah. not knowing much about the location, I think yeah, sure, why not? Just go in there blind and find stuff and get excited. Yeah. The next one I have is assuming that every single thing you find or see or hear is paranormal. See, that's one that I always, when I watch any ghost shows or any investigation shows, I'm always like, that could be anything, though. It, it really is. A, it's especially bad on ghost adventures. Oh, yeah. Ghost Hunters, I really respect that show a lot. And really, those are the only two that I like. But Ghost Hunters... they'll debunk it. They'll, and, and they actively... And, and they say that, I think, in the beginning of their show, that they actively try to debunk all this stuff. Right. But when they can't, then it makes it that much more exciting. But it's kind of like always having a donut. It's great, sure. But like, what if you get one donut a week? Oh, it's my donut Thursday. And it's a surprise and it's special and it means more. Well, I guess that's why it makes sense that the show is called Ghost Hunters and the Fabricators are Ghost Adventure. It's like Lord of the Rings versus, I don't know. Not I, <laughs> I don't adventure. know. I couldn't tell you the adventure. difference. I, I wrote down in here, things can just happen, right? Not every single noise you hear can be... <laughs> just in general. Just in general. Not every single noise you hear is a ghost walking around. We, we need to take certain things into account, right? Maybe there are... If you're in a remote location and the place is fairly decrepit and you're wearing a hazmat suit and a respirator, there very well could be wild animals there. There very well oh, could yeah. be a ton of bugs. There could be homeless people who live around there. I mean, who knows, right? So not all the little floaty things are also orbs. And I recognize that one. And that's one that you and I go back and forth on a lot is you you don't – I think you might believe 2% and then disbelieve 98% in whenever people say, we found this orb doing this and having like a very odd well, flight TV, pattern. On TV, cameras pick up bugs very odd. And bugs move very odd, so it's like, there's no way that this bug could move at this angle, and it's like, yeah, there very well could be that, because mm -hmm. they're bugs, and they're weird. They're scary. <laughs> I, like, I think the reason why I believe in orbs more is just because I want to believe in orbs, because you, you see them a lot, and then if somehow, some way, maybe the new iPhone 11 will have an app that can tell you if it's a ghost <laughs> or not, or just, it'll, it'll be pre-programmed. Well, it's if, the same thing with, like, Bigfoot. I don't believe in Bigfoot at all. But if I'm out in the woods, like, does the thought ever cross my mind? Like, what if I saw Bigfoot? So it's like, you know, I say that I don't believe, but there's still something in my brain that's like, there very well could be this, like, gigantic bear-type human thing out there. Well, I don't think you and I would have this show if we didn't at least want to believe in all this stuff, even though a lot of it we think is cockamamie. But I don't think we would have this show if we at least didn't want it to be real. Because it's fun to think it's real. The next one I have... Oh, another one with the um, not everything you see or hear is a ghost or a ghosty. The whole concept of audio matrixing. If you're... And that's like when, when you hear certain words or phrases in sound that's fairly pervasive. Uh, a creek. Say your, your haunted location has a creek and you always hear the babbling of the creek hearing words coming out of the creek or if there's a ceiling fan maybe the whirring of the fan you hear certain like your your brain makes certain sounds out of those things and like oh i think i hear someone mumbling or talking right but it ends up just being that thing that's audio matrixing which i think can happen quite a bit especially when your senses are heightened and you like you're ready to find a ghost at any given moment right over analyzing i think that kind of goes with the whole not everything can be a thing yeah um yeah, there. I I wrote one down. There don't always need to be connections between a noise or between any evidence and something that happened in the past. You know, there doesn't always need to be. Uh, we heard two knocks. Does that symbolize the 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 two people who got killed here twenty years ago? Right. Probably well, I guess not. that's good. Dose back to the uh, the knowing the backstory before. I think so too. Another do not is considering emotional or physical feelings considering those as some sort of paranormal encounter you you see all too often that they're like i walked into this room and i just got so sad or i walked into this room and my stomach started hurting right because that could be anywhere i mean i 
I've eaten at a restaurant before where I don't like the ambiance, and I'm like, well, I don't like the food then because I don't like the ambiance. Yeah, right. But it's, the food could be wonderful. And I, but I, I, I think a lot of this has to do with when you're specifically hunting ghosts, you sort of want something to happen really bad, and then your brain starts going into hyperdrive, and then. I don't know, you you know that there was perhaps someone murdered in a certain room or something. And then you go into that room, and then because you know that, psychologically, I think you convince yourself that you're really sad or that you're feeling this connection between the person who was there before, the person who got murdered, or maybe even the person who did the murdering. Yeah, you can feel that emotion yeah, because and I th- of it. But I think, I don't know, I don't think every little feeling or emotional response needs to be nor is a paranormal thing. No. I feel like it's a paranormal experience for you, but it doesn't need to be connected. No. And like if you walk, if you're if you're investigating a place and all of a sudden you get really bad stomach cramps or something, you probably eat before you go hunt, right? I mean, maybe, maybe you just <laughs> ate some bad food. Maybe you just had some bad tacos. Yeah, or maybe you're like, you know what they always say in all the blogs, go eat a bunch of tacos before you investigate because it's like good for your brain. And you eat a bunch <laughs> of tacos and you get some indigestion. It could be anything. It could be anything at all. Maybe you have a nut allergy that's coming up. Maybe you're lactose intolerant. I don't know. Another do not is using improper or unscientific investigation methods. These ones are more difficult to prove because some of these are sort of based on lore and tradition and stuff like that. Doing the whole like swinging the the chain or the pendulum over your hand oh wouldn't that be like considered like the ouija board too i think kind of the ouija board as well yeah Yeah. because it's non-scientific it's not an actual device that measures something that can be quantified somehow right it's still a creepy thing i think i don't think the ouija board itself is creepy i think it's creepier that someone back in the day especially back in the day when things were a little more conservative yeah came up with the Ouija board. Like, what's a game that I can create that we can communicate with spirits? Yeah, seriously. And it's still around. Like, it's still a big game. And I like how... And again, I'll, I'll, I'll say this up front. I want Ouija boards to be real. I want every single Ouija board to be real so bad, but I don't think they are. But do people think that at the Ouija board factory, they have, like, a few ghosts locked up, and they're like, all right, I need a little bit of ghost juice. And they take their ghost juice and put it in, like, rub it on top of the board or something like that. Well, it's so just it's... a way of communication before all the fancy equipment. I honestly, I'm going to confess, I've never touched a Ouija board. I did one time. One yeah. time, but we were young. We were like, it was me and uh, our, our friend Carly and Michelle. And we were over at Carly's house, probably like in fourth grade, fifth grade. And we're doing the Ouija board, but... I could see that Michelle's fingers, when you press down, either get like, you know, like kind of whiter on your knuckles and red. They were white and red, like she was pushing really hard and moving it. And I was like, why are your fingers like that? And she's like, oh, I take really hot showers and it makes my fingers this color. <laughs> I don't think that's true. See, I've never done it. And it's like, do I believe in the Ouija board? Not really, but there's something that in my entire life made me like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to mess with that. Yeah, so, and that's, what a, I mean, I think that is the concept, really, of the Ouija board, and I think that's really cool. The fact that even if you have, or like, whether you have used a Ouija board or, or, or you haven't, the fact that whenever you hear or see one, you still kind of get, like, Yeah, creep, it's like creeped almost out a, a demonic, like, item. It's like, it's a demonic smartphone. Yeah, It's demonic of, texting. It's, it's the original demonic iPhone. How soon before they have, like... At least five or six little emojis on the bottom of a Ouija board. Sad face, frown face, smiley face, (laughs) kissy face. See, I really hope not because I think the reason I really love the Ouija board, even though I've never played it, is that it is gone untouched and unchanged Mm -hmm. all these years. Yeah. And if they put an emoji on that Ouija board, (laughs) I swear, I'm going to lead my own march somewhere. It's like... uh, one of my favorite games growing up was Bop It, and it got Bop It was highly competitive yeah, Bop between it was me crazy. and my brother. Oh yeah, oh and Janet, our our sister in law, and I saw a Bop It within the last I don't know four or five years in some store, and there's like Bop It, and there's other ones like Flick It, Punch It, Twist It, Twist It, Scare It, Dance It, uh, Drink It, <laughs> uh, it. Kick It, uh, Raise It, and there's one like you have to raise it for two years really quick. Pay it. Pay its college tuition. Bop it. Pay it. 
and it claps and waits for you to put money in the slot. <laughs> oh, Bop It. I know. I love Bop It. Um, I still hold the record in our, in our family. Thank you very much. For Bop the It highest... gives me anxiety. Oh, I love it. I get so, I like zoom in. I get in no. the zone with Bop It. <laughs> if any of our listeners want to have a Bop It tournament, we can do it over Skype. We can face, we can do like a Facebook live thing or Instagram live thing. If you want to throw down Bop It, let's do it. You can send us an email and we, and we, and we can get something set up. SpookySpousesCast at gmail.com. I have officially thrown down the Bop It gauntlet. You can even uh, tweet at us or give us a shout out on Instagram at spooky underscore spouses. Bop it. Challenge Jordan to a bop it. I would love it. He claims he's the best, so. I, I'm just better than my brother <laughs> at bop it. I'm better than Brad. Now, Brad is much, I think, categorically better than me in many ways. He's a firefighter. But you have bop it over him. I have bop it over Brad. <laughs> he better cook than I. He's ripped. <laughs> he saves lives he no saves lives deal. he kayaks what else does brad do Man, he has like he... wonder woman wife an adorable little baby our little oh. tiny baby nephew and they Vigo. have a new baby on the way oh i'm excited oh my gosh but i'm better at him than bop it so there brad <laughs> there you go brad. looks like looks like i got the last laugh my friend i'll just do let me just do one more i'll do two quick ones actually sure investigating with the lights off apparently is a do not which surprised me well see i've always thought that because like what does it matter if the lights are off or on this is this is what i read so investigating with the lights off i think is only a tv thing because it's scarier it's scarier which is one and i think another one which seems more practical but knowing the whole hollywood whatever they're, they they say that it creates less shadows that could be classified as paranormal, but it could end up just being fake evidence or like uh, things that need to be debunked later on. I mean, I know they have all of those IR lights and stuff like that, and you can only see with an IR camera, in infrared camera or whatever, or like ultra, right. a spectrum. I think that recording with the lights off just adds to it. But this one website I was reading said like, you need your eyes to see. Would you rather hear something and not know what it was and not be able to document it properly? Or would you rather have lights on, or like at least a few, and see what it was? Right. Well, and they say that spirits thrive off of energy to try to communicate with you. So you think if you have appliances on and lights on... Maybe so. Couldn't they communicate with you a little better, maybe? And I don't think, I don't think spirits care if it's day or night. I don't... I mean, I would, no, I don't I would think assume... they know. Yeah. I would assume they would have no idea. If it was 5 p.m. or 5 a.m. Yeah, Whatever. that's true. So investigate with the lights on, everybody. Uh, I think it would also be less spooky. Plus, if you capture something on camera, you'd be able to see it better because the lights are on. Perhaps, yeah. Um, the next one is using unproven uh, equipment or like new tools that haven't really been tested that thoroughly yet. Like trying to use a bop it. Trying to use a bop it, to yeah. To capture ghosts. I made up a tool. I just wrote Natalie's demon tickler. <laughs> Well, then that brings me back to the Ghostbusters because they have that little trap machine. I mean, it works for them, yeah. obviously, but they've only tested it. Yeah. I mean, Egon, well, I guess Egon's like was a professor. Yeah. So I guess they tested it. And I think one thing that's working in the Ghost Adventures favor is having their buddy Bill Chapel around because he builds him all this stuff and he's a scientist and an engineer and he builds him all this stuff and he tests it. I don't know. Like I, I put a little bit more clout in bill chapel's inventions like actual scientific proof well i'm saying that with big air quotes because they also could be bogus machines right but it seems well, it chapel seems more seems legit like a pretty pretty like, normal guy i like bill chapel oh <laughs> one more i would be remiss if i didn't if i did not say this one carrying around your digital recorder is a no-no so you should just leave it they they say they being um brock, brock and michelle obama they say that <laughs> It's it's more advantageous to leave a few super high sensitivity mics stationary in certain locations because you'll you'll hear people on TV say that's the sound of me walking. Oh, this is the sound of me burping a little bit. Oh, I'm I'm shuffling. But <laughs> right. if you leave maybe a few in higher concentrated areas or a bunch spread out and you catch something and they're static, you have a baseline 
like a quite little like a, a perfect baseline of what the the background or ambient noise is knowing that that mic never moved so for a noise to interrupt it exactly is, is more yeah i that's true but that's again true. i think some of these things make better tv right but it might not be the best way to investigate which people only know what they see on tv unless you're doing a bunch of research or unless they've gone with like crafty ghost hunting veterans who say that's all hocus pocus no pun intended leave your mic sitting right here bubba yeah but I, I actually learned some stuff doing research for this one. Yeah, those are really informative. Leave your mics alone. I feel like this is like one of the first times or like one of the rare times we've actually said like useful information. <laughs> <laughs> Leave your mics where they are. Keep some lights on, for gosh sakes. Yeah, and don't stub your toe. Don't stub your toe. And also, don't don't look into the history of the building or buildings. Look afterwards, because it also makes it more interesting. It makes it more fun. Right. Hmm, good advice. Thanks. I like all those. Thanks, Lens. <laughs> well, I think we're gonna take a small break. I'm gonna drink some apple cider that our dad got, that my my dad got for us. <laughs> <laughs> it's good apple cider. It's very good apple cider. It's from Hood River, Oregon. It's made out of opal apples, and it's nice. Oh. Anyways. Well, enjoy our little uh, music that we have. Go ahead, get yourself some apple cider if you want. Yeah, you can have apple cider with us. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be back in three, two, one. Yum, yum, yummy. I just drank some cider. <laughs> Welcome back, listeners. Um, I did not drink any cider, but I did have a sip of Jordan's earlier, and it was delicious. I'm having more right now. Okay, so my topic this week, it's kind of a few little different topics Okay. Um, that I thought were kind of funny, but scary at the same time. Um, I hope I don't get too scared. You might, you might, well, no, I think you'll think they're pretty funny. <laughs> Hopefully they're not too scary for you. Okay, so the first um, little kind of story that I have is just about James D. French. I thought you were going to say James Franco for a second, and then I thought you were going to say James Dean, and then you said a person's name that I James don't know. James D. French. He was an American criminal. He was in 1936 to 1966. You'd think he'd be French. Yeah, with the last name French, but you know. So wait, 1933 to 1966? 1936 no, to 1966. Okay. So his little story, his background story was that he was imprisoned. He killed a motorist who picked him up from hitchhiking in 1958. Okay. So he went to prison. He was 28 years old. Was he 28? Would that nope. be 28? <laughs> nope. He was 22 years old. Okay. Right? I believe you. I don't know. 36. Yeah. Go ahead. Sure. <laughs> But this was in Oklahoma. He went to prison, but he wanted them to execute him. What? Like, I mean, obviously he had some issues, but he went to prison and he wanted to be executed. Well, they were not going to execute him for just killing a motorist. He was just sentenced to a lot of years in prison. So to make sure that he would be executed, because this is around the time, too, that like the U.S. was going through like stopping executions oh sure so they weren't executing people as often as they used to and he killed his cellmate jeebus in prison to make sure that he would be executed and he got his wish and they were like okay well we're gonna sentence you to the electric chair well french just seems like he just seems like a real real rebel or something. I don't know what his deal is. Kind of a little bad boy? Kind of a little bad boy. But he's also a comedian, too, because uh-huh. um, he finally got his wish of being executed in the um, electric chair, and he made sure that he was allowed to say a few words before they electrocuted him. And he smashed a watermelon, and Gallagher was in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> no, he said, how's this for your headline? French fries. <laughs> and they executed him. And he, I, I think this was the last execution by electric chair in the U.S. That's actually really good. Like, I wonder if he had that in his head his, like, whole life. And he was like, this is why I need to be executed so I could use this little gem. I have it. It's the perfect joke. <laughs> the, the perfect joke. Because my last name is French and then it, you know, it'd be funny. Like the food, but then also the verb of fries and I do fries. That actually, I mean, 
do I endorse killing two people? No, absolutely not. I don't even. I don't, I don't even endorse killing one uh, twenty-fifth of a person. But the fact <laughs> or that even thinking about it, or even thinking about it, more like stinking about it. But if you're if you're that committed to one joke, I mean, aside from the fact, just separate this from being about murder. That's commitment, and that is a very funny joke. It is funny, but it's like, <laughs> I want to know what happened. If this is something that he thought of after he like knew he wanted to die, or if this was like, this is why I want to die. They Man. can't get rid of that electric chair yet. I have a zinger that I have not used yet. Zinger might also be sort of like a fun little electric pun. Zing, zinger, zippy, zinger. zapper, zip. Well, I have another kind of quirky um, little alibi story for you and um his name was uh excuse me if i don't pronounce it right but i think it was alan biankowski okay um and this was in 2013 this was pretty recent so he was caught for murder and when they found him that they said he had blood stains on his shoes the area that which the crime took place was a place that he frequented a lot he was always around that area, so he was very familiar. And he was also very familiar with the hammer that they found that was obviously used for the murder weapon, along finding his fingerprints on it. But his alibi was Alan. He said that he couldn't have possibly done it because... And he explained how his day went that day. And he said that, totally dead serious and very calmly, he said that his day started at about 5.30 a.m., and he knew that because he woke up and he needed to do crack because he did a lot of crack. Okay. So he said that he knew at 5.30 he was doing crack. And after he found his dealer that gave him that, he was checking on some vending machines around that area because he was hungry. And he went and he got himself some snacks. He then proceeded to head home, which he took his dog out for a walk. And then he realized after his walk that he was sleepy and tired. And he's like, well, I think I'm going to go do some heroin. So he went and did some heroin. And he just stated that he did more illegal acts. So I don't know if that was drug related or just, you know, hey, I murdered someone. But he said they were just illegal acts. And he claimed that there was just no possible way he could have done this because he was just way too busy to beat a man with a hammer. Yeah, he's got a lot going on. Yeah, and this was a real alibi. He said that, like, he was 100%, like, into saying, like, this is, I could, I couldn't have done this. I was way too busy. Smoking crack. With my my drug schedule, and, which I did like that he took his dog for a walk. Whether that was true or not, yeah. I thought, what a nice thing. Well, it's nice to think about, too. I mean, it shows that he, I don't know, maybe is an animal lover, at least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that was a real alibi. He tried to fight it, but he was found guilty and went was sentenced to prison. I wonder if anyone believed him. I don't know. I just want to believe that he really did walk his dog. I don't want to believe that he smoked crack and did heroin, <laughs> but I'd like to believe that he's just busy with his dog and he wanted to go get vending machines, vending machine snacks. I mean, yeah. that honestly, that 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 sounds to me like it's like you're maybe your first day off in a while and like you have a perfect day planned. Go minus the crack and heroin that you're going to go walk <laughs> and around. And killing a man with a hammer. And minus murder. Just walking around to your favorite shops and going to their vending machines. Be like, I'm going to go get some vending machine snacks. Sounds like a fun little day. Yeah. Well, there's another. These are just kind of alibis from criminals that have done stuff. And I just thought they, I mean, they're funny, but they're not. But it's like at the same time, it's like, who do you think you're fooling? Yeah. <laughs> like, who? What? Really? Okay. But there was another man from Florida, and this was in 2006. He was accused of shooting and killing his former son-in-law after a verbal dispute that they had. Okay. Um, his alibi was that he weighs 300 pounds and he has motion problems. So it was absolutely impossible for him to create to to have committed this crime. No, because he throws up if he moves around. Yeah, but um, the problem was that the in the court they there was a lot of evidence on the weapon, fingerprints, all this stuff. I mean, he was obviously very guilty. This guy also had military experience. 
and he had military firearms, so oh. it kind of made sense. But then the one that really got me was that on his phone... Whose he, phone? The the guy or the... The guy that shot his son-in-law. Oh, okay. On his phone, it actually, they found out he researched how to kill people shortly before the murder. Like, he just researched how to kill people. Well, now hold on a sec. I feel like that's like, anybody could kind of figure that out. Yeah, but he fought it in the court system and he was also found guilty. Did they, was his uh, excuse for how to kill people? He was like, you guys didn't, no, I had to search it. I accidentally hit search. I was going to say how to kill people on The Sims, that video game. <laughs> I want to kill my neighbors on The Sims. I wouldn't be surprised. All these cases went to court and it kind of made me think like, man, I'm so sorry that these like attorneys and stuff have to do these cases. Because like, how do you defend someone that you're like, come on, man, you know that you did it. Yeah, I don't know. They just, it's very weird that, they have to even try to defend that case. Mm -hmm. But uh, I have another one. It's actually from Ohio. Okay. It was from Timber Ridge Campground, which it's in Brownhelm Township. I don't know where that is in Ohio. I have to look it up. Um, But there was a 20-year-old man, um, and he was camping out in the woods, and he drank a little bit too much vodka. Okay. And got a little crazy. He was by himself. And he saw some other campers, and he decided to start some fights with these other campers, just being that drunk guy, just causing trouble. Um, And when the campers reported him and said, like, hey, this guy's out here, he's really drunk, he's being obnoxious, the deputy showed up, and he was passed out at his campground, obviously from drinking, and all around him were a bunch of swords and knives and like blades and stuff Mm -hmm. like i don't know what he was doing out there practicing his swords moves i guess so and yelling and fighting at people i don't know and drinking vodka so the deputy placed him under arrest and when the man his name was thomas when thomas came to he growled at them and then spoke in a fake russian accent so then the deputies were like okay well we're going to still take you to jail because you're being disruptive. But isn't that the thing like in Ohio, if you are from Europe or parts of Asia, they're not allowed to arrest you because if you have an accent. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the vodka made him have a fake Russian accent. I don't know. Maybe so. I mean, it works. Vodka works in mysterious ways, I think, <laughs> with, with certain people. Yeah. Well, it doesn't stop there. Okay. So... They take the man in, and he's starting to sober up a little bit, and um, he gets one of the officer's attention, and, you know, is trying to kind of apologize, and he's trying to calmly explain the reason for why he was acting the way he was, and why he had all these swords and everything like that, and he said the reason was, was because he was a werewolf. Oh, yeah. He said that he had traveled to Germany... And was scratched by a wolf on his trip. Yeah, well, that and makes he, sense. And he said when, the, you know, the, the moon comes out, he turns into this werewolf monster. And he gives, and oh, but a Russian werewolf. Yeah, I don't know why he's Russian. If this is in Germany, he got well, scratched. It's classic werewolf stuff. Yeah, but he said that he was really sorry and he can't control it. Um, Obviously, they did not believe him. Oh. He still served some jail time. I mean, at least he didn't kill anyone or... Yeah, I'm but, surprised they didn't believe him. But they didn't believe him. Um, But huh. then he also told the deputy that placed him under arrest that once the deputy said that, like, you know, hey, I don't care about your story, basically saying, like, I don't believe your story. He said that he was going to kill the deputy's cousin, Keith. Um, The deputy stated that he does not have a family member named Keith at all. <laughs> so he just said that he was going to kill the deputy's cousin keith yeah i don't know where that came from i think he might have been doing a little drugs or well I'm not he might sure. not have been doing he might have just been drinking a lot of vodka or drinking a lot of vodka but that was ohio i mean ohio there was a lot of weird weird alibis ohio rules there is another one from ohio um this one i had not heard of um she was from ohio i don't know what part of ohio but it was 2002, a girl, um, Tonda, she killed her landlady. Okay. 
And when the cops arrested her, they said, she said that the landlady was giving off evil vibes. Oh. And that her landlady was not real. Okay. So the backstory to this is that Tonda believed that she was living in the Matrix. She explained to the officers after being arrested um, and being sentenced to prison that she suspected she started to believe this in early 2000. Well, The Matrix came out in 1998. So that must mean when she first saw The Matrix, that movie probably blew her mind. Obviously, she began to suspect a few years later in 2000, 2000 that she was living in The Matrix and that she nothing was real. Yeah. I mean, in Ohio, I can see that how that can happen. Because Ohio's a little boring? Because Ohio, there's not really a lot going on. <laughs> Except, well, now, when, whenever I do see a person wearing a suit and sunglasses or a woman wearing a red dress, I do always go, am I? Am I in the Matrix? And then I think I remember that, oh, I'm not. Because there was a movie with Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Maybe she just liked, liked Keanu Reeves. I like Keanu Reeves. Maybe she's playing pretend. Yeah, well, she took her pretend a little too, too, too real. Yeah, because that's the whole thing about playing pretend. But yeah, I didn't even know about that, that all that stuff in Ohio. All the ones from Ohio were like, they had some weird, weird alibi stories. Cleveland, that... Cleveland rocks. <laughs> well, they weren't from Cleveland, though. They were all over yeah. Ohio. Geneva rules. That's what I say. But those are just some weird, crazy alibis. I just think they're creepy because how calmly people actually believe that they're in the Matrix. They're in the Matrix, or that they're a werewolf. I'd like to. I, I'd like to think that when she was getting the handcuffs put on her, she tried to do the thing where Keanu Reeves dodged bullets and he like bent She backwards. bent back like super far to try to get the things, but just fell over. She might have. Man, but like imagine. Minus, again, like the stabbing and stuff. Imagine thinking that you were in the Matrix so hard that you believed you were in the Matrix. What a fun little thing for a while. I don't know if that would be fun. Like, I think that ended up driving her completely bonkers. What's the Matrix? Yeah. You don't know what's real or fake. Yeah. That's pretty wacky. That is wacky. What would you do if you were in the Matrix? Probably cry a lot. Well, because I remember... (laughs) So that means that... Well, remember in the beginning of the movie, they're like, what do you want to, he, or he, he gets back from being the Matrix. He's like, I know Kung Fu or something. And then Lawrence Fishburne's like, show me. Would yours be like, you, you'd pop back and pop back up and be like, I know how to cry. (laughs) (laughs) No, I would just cry. I think I wouldn't even be like, I know how to cry. I would just cry and be like, I don't know how to do anything. I've been crying this whole time. Well, what would what would the one thing right away that you would want to learn through programming if you could go to the Matrix? Like what kind of special... Special skill. Anything. Um, I don't know. I'd do talk to dogs. <laughs> I don't know how far that would you get you. You come to, I can speak Labradoodle. That's what I would do when I come to. <laughs> what would yours be? I really don't. Maybe just like running like super fast. Like maybe running like straight up trees. That'd be so many trees. (laughs) Like just straight. Like my feet just like hit the tree and I just run straight up it. What about the branches? You avoid them? Yeah, I'll just use those as like hand leverage. Like oh, Oh, branch, branch, branch. Nice. Just straight up the tree. That'd be pretty cool. And then I sit up there and cry. (laughs) I just want to get away from everyone. But he can leave me alone. I don't like the Matrix very much. Maybe I can like run straight up a building too. Like, I would just hyper run. You know you could do anything you want. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I want to talk because I said I'd talk to dogs. Yeah, I don't think we'd be very useful in the Matrix. No, sure wouldn't. No. Well, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'll do it for us, guys. Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can send us an email at spookyspousescast at gmail.com. Or as Lindsay said before, you can reach us on Twitter or Instagram at spooky underscore spouses. Come on in, join the conversation, look at some creepy little photos, and maybe the occasional photo of Molly, our dog, who's been surprisingly a very good girl this episode. Yeah, she's sleeping. She's very tired. And we also want to give a shout out to Eli Chambers for our wonderful uh, Spooky Spouses theme music. Thank you very much, Eli. We'd also like to say a special thank you to our new friend, Holly, who sent us a spin art. We made so many spin arts. It's re-crazy. It's Sh-crazy. It's sh-amazing. It's pretty scrumoodles. <laughs> we made, when we first got it, I didn't know what it was because they've redesigned it. Because now there's no batteries. It's all powered. There's like a little hand crank thing. 
So you can't be lazy. You can't be lazy. You have to do it. And I'm just going to say I'm ripped now. Yeah, my one arm is just jacked. Yeah. It's scary. It's when, scary. It's terrifying. <laughs> but our art's cool. I think we made about like 15 or so yesterday. We love it. We were having fun. We were really exploring the space. So thank you very much, Holly. It was nice to get a fun little gift in the mail. Very fun. We'd also like to say thank you very much to Colin and everybody over at the Scavengers Network for hosting our show. We also just, or the Scavengers Network just signed on a brand new show called Historical Hotties, and we're very fun to start listening and diving in. Yeah, it sounds exciting. And the Scavengers Network just became an, a real live business. It is now the Scavengers Network LLC. So expect some more things from us, some live shows, some cross-promoting, maybe some sponsors. Who knows? All sorts of fun stuff. Maybe Doug Jones. Maybe Doug Jones or Dockers. If we're going with the Ds, we need three. <laughs> Doug Jones, Dockers, and... Dogs. Dogs. The uh, American Kennel Club. Or maybe you and I could... Uh, maybe Ooh. if we can get the American Kennel Club, we can... Commentate. Yeah. The, on the dog Thanksgiving. Show. Yeah. The Thanksgiving dog show. I'm going to put the feelers out right now. Every Thanksgiving... Our family has been doing a thing where we all take bets on who we think is going to win best in show at the American Kennel Club Dog Show. That's Thanksgiving. So start thinking about it now. And maybe if some, if, if one of our listeners wins, we'll give you a little prize. Ooh. I don't know. Something spooky. <laughs> we'll give you an actual Ouija board from the 1800s. Ooh, that'd be scary. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. Thanks, everyone. And we will see you next Monday. Well, goodbye. <laughs> Have a spooky week. Have a creepy week. Have a weird week. Have a week. But not too weird. Have a w Have a regular week, but maybe make it scary. Have a really good week, but there'll be one thing that happens Wednesday around 3 or 4 a.m. that you wake up and you go, ah, and you're like, oh, it's fine. But everything else is great, though. And investigate with the lights on. Yes, please. Contradictory, but please do it. <laughs> your electricity bill might be higher, but your soul will be more complete. Well, guys, <laughs> see you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye.